Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Good morning, everyone. First, I wanted to thank you all for welcoming me into your space. I feel so very welcome. And I think part of that is not just the connection of the United Methodist Church, but I just feel so connected because as the body of Christ, the world's body of Christ, we are one, we are here together seeking Jesus and wanting to grow closer to God, wanting to be empowered by the same Holy Spirit. Um, However connected we are, I think there are a couple times we can be divided. There are a couple groups we can be divided into, you know, when people say there's two types of people. will be caught running if there's a bear chasing them, or maybe not even then, because maybe just give up. Um, There are those who prefer Whataburger to, and then those who prefer In-N-Out Burger, or those who prefer to have dogs as pets, or those who prefer to have pets who just kind of ignore their existence. Um, I think there are also two types of people in that there there are skeptics, And there are those who get annoyed at the skeptics and just move on, just go with it, just trust us. Um, And I tend to fall into that latter category of I'm a pretty generally trusting person. If somebody tells me something, I'll I'll generally believe them. I I don't have a whole lot of questions. I'll just go with it. I wasn't that toddler who constantly asked why, why, why. Um, I just kind of was like, okay, this is it. This is how it goes. I'll go with it. Seems life is a little easier this way. Um, However, um, I I did grow up in the United Methodist Church, but a couple of my school friends did not. And I remember one summer in particular, a couple of them had just gotten back from camp. And they were talking about how they had gotten saved at camp. And um, what would happen if you weren't saved. And how it was this special moment that they had. And all of a sudden, I realized... I haven't had this special moment. What's going to happen to me? I don't, I don't know what they're talking about being saved. I didn't realize that was a United Methodist thing. We don't talk a lot about the word being saved. But um, this became a doubt that lingered in my heart. I was afraid to ask it because I was afraid of what that meant if I didn't know if I was saved or not. Um, so not long after, um, our, our youth pastor had, had a opportunity for us to ask him questions anonymously. We'd write on a sheet of paper and he would try to answer them to the best of his ability. But um, so I went ahead and asked, I said, how do you know if you're saved? Is there a special feeling or is, are you, do you just know? And I don't remember what he said. I just remember leaving confused because he did not answer it very well. And I just remember thinking that didn't help at all. I'm still really confused. Um, And I think that's all of us. I think we all have questions or doubts in our faith that we're a little embarrassed or afraid to ask. Um, Some questions that we think might make us seem like we don't trust God. Um, 
and that if we don't trust God, that God doesn't like that. God, God gets mad at people who don't trust God. We start following that, that sequence of thoughts. So I'm wondering what question do you have that you're afraid to ask? What doubts about God are you afraid might mean that you don't trust God? Maybe you doubt God's presence with you all the time. Or you doubt that God can heal you. Maybe you doubt that God loves you as much as people talk about God loving you, but God couldn't possibly because of X, Y, Z, whatever mistake you made. Maybe you question that God even hears your prayers. We are going to take a look at perhaps the most well-known doubter in the Bible, um, Thomas, who got that unfortunate nickname, Doubting Thomas. Um, not exactly the senior superlative he was probably hoping for as one of Jesus' followers, but that's what he got stuck with. Um, so this passage that we're looking at comes right after Jesus. It's a resurrected uh, Jesus, and he has appeared to Mary Magdalene, he's appeared to Peter and the beloved disciple, and he's appeared to 10 of the disciples, but not Thomas. So we'll pick up in John chapter 20, verse 24. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one, uh, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Okay, this seems like very bad timing for Thomas to miss out. You know, he was probably the one time that Jesus comes and appears. Thomas was out going to the bathroom or he was picking up the dinner for the night and is like, come on, Jesus, if you're going to show up, do it when we're all here. Um, it feels like like during a basketball game when you're like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom now. And so then you run to the bathroom and that's when they hit the three-pointer that ties it up or that's when the home run happens is when you go to get the popcorn. It's like, ah, oh, I missed it. Um, and you don't want to hear somebody say, oh, you had to be there. You should have seen it. It was amazing. It's the last thing you want to hear because yes, you also wish you were there, but you couldn't have been. And sometimes it's hard to believe things when you weren't there. So we can understand why Thomas goes on to say, unless I see the mark of the nail in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I won't believe. This is when people usually go, Thomas, you can't say that. Thomas, I can't believe you just said that. This is where he gets that bad rap for being the doubter. Um, for centuries, the church has pointed to Thomas as an example of, don't do this. This is, do, Thomas is what not to do. Um, most people look at this as a, how dare you, Thomas, demand proof? How could you just demand this proof? You should just believe. But here's the thing. Thomas wasn't really asking for too much, was he? Right before this passage in John chapter 20, verse 20, is when Jesus appears to, all, to the rest of the disciples for the first time. And it says, he showed them his hands and his side, and then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. 
So it wasn't until after the disciples saw Jesus' scars that they believed either. So Thomas is just asking for exactly what the disciples got. He gets a bad rap for being a doubter when all he was doing was asking to see exactly what they saw. It says a week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. See, Jesus answers Thomas's doubt. Jesus shows up to Thomas's doubt. Jesus, you'll notice, doesn't scold Thomas for having that doubt, for having that question. He doesn't say, Thomas, how dare you not believe the disciples? How dare you want proof? How dare you want to see me? Instead, Jesus says, hey, Thomas, here's my invitation for you to put your hand right here. Put your hand right here. You can see that it's me. He invites him to experience the truth. He inv- Jesus invites Thomas into a deeper relationship. Jesus welcomes that doubt. Jesus uses Thomas's doubt as an opportunity to grow closer to Thomas. When he says, "Do not doubt but believe," this isn't this isn't a scolding. This is another invitation of saying, hey, now that I'm here, you see this, you don't need to doubt anymore. I'm here. Believe. It's an encouragement to Thomas to see who Jesus is. And then Thomas, he has the most incredible response. And this is what I think Thomas should be remembered for. That Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. See, Thomas is the first one to declare Jesus as Lord and God. He's the first one to declare the resurrected Jesus as Lord and God. The other disciples didn't do that. The one who doubted, the one who demanded the proof, the one who dared to ask the question was the one to identify Jesus as Lord and God. So I think maybe we start a petition or I'll be accepting submissions for new names for Thomas. Um, I don't think doubting fits him anymore. Uh, Maybe the brave, Thomas the brave, uh, Thomas the bold, Thomas who desires to know God. That one doesn't roll off the tongue as easily, but I'll accept more. Um, In this final verse, it does seem to imply that it's better to believe without wanting proof. It's that's you could read it that way that it sounds like, oh, Jesus says that it's better for those who haven't seen to to believe than to demand proof. But 
really this is just another um, invitation for the future church, for the rest of the church, for the rest of the church thousands of years from, from his time, that we won't be able to see the physical proof. So it's an encouragement to say, we don't, you, uh, Thomas, you do get the proof. You do get to have this physical proof. But later on, they won't. And so they, they too will be blessed. It's okay that even if they haven't seen the physical, my physical body, they too will be blessed and they too can know that I am God. It's setting a precedent for the future believers um, that physical proof might not always happen. But it's, it's not a scolding. It's, not an, it's not another example of Jesus not scolding, but welcoming all believers to believe in who he is. So that sequence of thoughts I mentioned earlier of thinking, if, if I have doubts and I have questions, that means that I don't trust God and that means that God doesn't gets disappointed in people who don't trust God and that means I have little faith. Hopefully that sounded wrong to you, <laughs> that that didn't sit right and you thought that, I don't, I don't think that's true because it's, it's not. Our God is mysterious. We know our God to be mysterious and beyond our comprehension. So of course we're going to have questions about God, right? Of course we have to have questions. God is beyond our understanding. So questions cannot be something that God would get mad about. Not only that, but God, we know our God to be patient. And we know our God to be slow to anger. Yes, God does have things that make God angry, but it's not our questions. Because our questions show that we are desiring to know God more. So instead of that sequence of thoughts, maybe we should follow with, I have doubts, I have questions which means that I desire to know God more. And then follow that with, and God will meet me there. God will show himself there. Thomas shows us that expressing our doubts and expressing our questions lead to knowledge of who God is. God meets us in our doubts, showing himself to us allowing us to declare my Lord and my God. And just, just because you don't understand God does not mean that you don't trust God. And if you don't trust God right now, that does not mean that God is mad at you. I think about being in school and having questions for my math and science teachers because I had them all the time. Um, I couldn't understand math or science on my own. They didn't expect me to just just learn, just be able to understand it or if that I didn't understand something to just sit there with it because if I just sat there with my un lack of understanding in science and math, then I would get nowhere, I would grow nowhere, I wouldn't learn. But 
I found out that my teachers didn't get mad when I asked questions. Actually, they really liked it. They really liked me to come to them and ask questions so that I could grow and that I could succeed and I could start to learn more and have more opportunities and have better understanding. And God's the same way. God loves it when we ask our questions. So I see now that that doubt I had about being saved was an invitation from God. It was an invitation of the Holy Spirit to explore, okay, what, what does salvation mean? But as long as I had held that doubt inside, it I, I was confused and I didn't grow and I sat there scared. And I finally, finally had the courage to talk to another pastor, not the same one. I didn't think he was going to be very helpful. Um, so I asked a different pastor, and this time using my words instead of an anonymous note. And I, I asked him about it, and he, he explained to me about how God has loved me always, and that I had always belonged to God, and that my walk with God was a daily thing, not a one-time moment. And that it was okay that I didn't have that special moment, that that didn't mean I was saved or not saved. So that was where God met me and God revealed God's self to me and saying, Gracie, I am a loving God and I am always with you. When I expressed that doubt, God met me there and helped me learn more about himself. See, doubts and questions are not something to be ashamed about. They're not something to be avoided. They're instead something to be explored, something to be asked. So I ask again, what questions are you afraid to ask? What doubts do you have that you're afraid to ask about? Because this is your invitation. This is your invitation to express that question, to ask that question and express that doubt to somebody that you trust. So I'll ha happily pass that to Chris when he comes back. You can bombard him with your questions then. Or you can ask your Sunday school group or um, friends, whoever it is that you feel comfortable trusting with. But I invite you to do that, to ask those questions, share those doubts because God will meet you there. God will meet you in your desire to know more about God. You can be like Thomas and be brave and say the things that you're wondering, demand from God something that you wanna know and in the end be able to declare, my Lord and my God, that's my God. And I can't wait to find out what it is that you learn about God. Will you pray with me? God, we have doubts and we have questions. Thank you for meeting us in those moments and showing us who you are. Help us to be brave to ask those questions and help us to know that just because we're afraid, just because we have questions or doubts, that doesn't mean that we don't trust you 
and that that doesn't mean that you don't love us. God, you always love us. I pray for courage to express what we need to, what we need to ask, and God, show up for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.